Grace to you and peace from God our Savior and Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank and praise you for coming into this place and gathering us together. Bless the student's mouth to teach faithfully and bless all our ears to learn joyfully that we may all be blessed by your gracious and eternal word. Amen. Now our text today and our lesson is based on the gospel lesson of Mary and Martha that we just heard. Now my dad tells me that in the congregation where I was baptized, there were two groups. There was a Mary guild and a Martha guild. And what did they do? Well, one accused the other of being busybodies, and the other accused the first of being just kind of lazy. <laughs> and they also argued over which shelves they had in the pantry. And that happens a lot. <laughs> I've seen that a lot of times. And that's not the way we want to be, right? We don't want to argue about that. We don't want to be that way as people or as groups, especially not in the church. Because both of these things are good. It's good to study. It's good to hear God's word. And it's good to serve. It's good to help. And we see that in this, that Jesus gives these things to us. These are both gifts from God that we have. And Jesus brings us those gifts and gives us that service. He serves us when we need it. He gives us what we need when we need it, and he will not take it away. So when we find Jesus in our reading, we find him on his way to Jerusalem. As Luke puts it, he has set his face towards Jerusalem, and he set his face to Jerusalem so that he can go there and die on the cross and raise again from the dead to forgive you all of your sins. And as he's going on his way, he preaches. And he, not just him that preaches, but before him, he sends out the 72 to go to all the places where he intends to go to, make, to prepare his path, to make a way, to serve him. He's set his itinerary. He knows where he's going to go. And he sent people there to proclaim that. And one of the places where he's going is this little town outside of Jerusalem, probably Bethany. And that's where we find Mary and Martha. So that's where we start in verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So Martha was preparing for Jesus to come. And what do you do when you prepare for a guest, right? When, you have, when you're going to have a party, you just let them show up. I mean, that's nice. We should let them show up. But no, you, you get ready. You prepare. You wipe down the counters. You take out your sponge and wipe things down. You pick up the stuff. You sweep. You put the coffee table in order. Put some interesting things on the coffee table and you make snacks. And then it doesn't stop when the guests arrive, does it? No, being a host doesn't just happen. You have to make sure they have drinks, make sure the coffee's hot and the water's cold and filled, make sure their you know, conversation is going and keeping going along and that everyone's having a nice time. Now, I'm not always the best at this. Emily will tell you that I'm pretty bad at getting ready for people to come over and cleaning and stuff. And I don't know if that's because I lived forever as a bachelor in a cabin in the middle of the woods, or if that's just me, or it's because I'm a guy. But in any case, I'm not the best at getting ready for company. But we're, we're working on that. <laughs> and Martha might not have been the best at it either, but she knew it, that it was to be done, and she felt that responsibility. Her sister Martha evidently didn't. <laughs> Because what do we find Mary doing, her sister Mary, rather? She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So Mary was just sitting around. She was pretending she was one of the guests, not one of the people who lives in the house. 
and is supposed to be working and you know, serving and being a good hostess and all of that. So Martha didn't want to be working, but she had that burden of responsibility that she felt. And the, the way it gets described, it felt like she was being dragged around with it. So we find that in verse 40, that Martha was distracted with much serving. She didn't want to be dragged around, but she was. She was working hard, and her sister wasn't. So she was grumpy about this. She was upset. So what do we do when we are upset that we're working hard and someone else isn't? We try to get that person in trouble, right? And say, I'm working hard. Why isn't this person? Lord, do something about that. And that's what we find Martha does. She's, she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And we know that Jesus values a good host. We've seen this before. A couple chapters earlier in chapter 7, we had a story of Jesus dining at a Pharisee's house. And a, a woman, a sinful woman she's described as, comes in and washes Jesus' feet with her tears and dries his, her feet with her hair and serves him and tears him and anoints him. And Jesus appreciates this. You know, she, she come and does this out of thankfulness. And she, she must have heard his preaching as he was going around and thought, how beautiful are the feet of the one who brings good news. Because Jesus' gospel was beautiful and she must have appreciated that and was thankful for that and wanted to serve Jesus from that. And she, you know, in doing that, she also heard the gospel again when he said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And Jesus commends her for this, this hospitality that she shows. But he rebukes the Pharisee host because he's not doing these things. So which one's the better host that we have? Is, or is from last week's parable, which one is the neighbor? Is it the sinful woman who has been forgiven much and is served out of a thankful heart? Or is it the Pharisee whose home they just happen to be in? and who probably let this sinful woman in just as a trap for Jesus. What's the sinful woman, of course? It's the thankfulness. So we see that Jesus values hospitality in this. So when Martha comes and prays to Jesus and complains that her sister's being lazy, she would have said, she would have expected Jesus to say, you know, yeah, Mary, don't you know that I'm the guest? You're supposed to be serving me. You're being very rude to me and to your sister. It's just inconsiderate. We would expect that. If we just pick this up as a novel and we're reading through, we kind of expect that to happen. But a lot of times, we've read the Bible so many times and heard these stories so many times that we, you know, we know what's coming. So we're not as surprised as we might be. But Jesus doesn't do what we expect. And we see that here. Just the Lord answers her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So as he so often does, Jesus takes the path that no one expects. He doesn't choose between the sisters. He doesn't castigate either sister, because what both of them are doing is good. It's good to practice hospitality. It's good to care for your neighbor and serve them. What Martha is doing is a good thing, and it's good to note for us that Jesus doesn't rebuke her for helping. But it's a good thing that's transitory. It won't last. The the party will end. Jesus will move on to Jerusalem. She'll clean up after the mess. And the party will be over. It's done. But Mary's hearing of the word is better. And it's eternal. 
Mary knew the virtue of service, but she also knew the value of Jesus' word. John tells us that right before Holy Week, Mary acted very similarly to the woman we just talked about from Luke 7. She also cleaned Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. You know, they might even be the same story. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But we know that Mary knew the value of service, but also of the value of hearing the word. Because Jesus said, now come to her home to serve her with the gospel. So there's a time to serve and a time to be served. And our time to serve will pass. Will pass. Martha receives no promise that her service will, will be taken away. Her hostessing will not be taken away from her. But Mary's good portion will not be taken away from her, will not. And there's a great comfort for us in this because we all like to serve things, even if it's not always the most comfortable thing. It's, we like it. We like to be able to do things. But sometimes we can't. But we know from this that Jesus will never take away from you what you need. That means if something's lost, whether it's for a time or forever, that just means Jesus knows you don't need it. So if you lose the pen out of your pocket and can't write down something you think is important, Jesus knows you didn't need it. If you lose your job or your home or both on the same day, Jesus knows you didn't need it. If you lose the ability to walk or talk or sing or the ability to serve your neighbor as Martha did, the Lord of the universe knows you didn't need it. And even if you lose your very life, Jesus, who knows and rules and governs all things with infinite wisdom and power, he knows you didn't need it. Time of service is temporary. And this isn't Jesus just being arbitrary. This is Jesus giving you the best thing you need right now. Because Jesus, having reconciled you to the Father, always gives you the thing you need right now. He works all things together for the good of those who love him. Because Jesus knows you, and Jesus knows what you need and that you need Jesus. And Jesus comes to you in his word and he gives you eternal life. So that no matter what you lose, you have eternal life forever. So he comes and he works all things and gives all things and removes all things to bring you to eternal life in the resurrection. So Jesus comes to you in his word, which like he tells Mary, endures forever. And this is the good portion which will not be taken away. Because Jesus never does what we would expect. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many, as a ransom for you. Matthew and Mark have this as a line. Luke doesn't have that as a line that's written down. Luke paints the picture of it in this story. The story which takes place as Jesus is on his way to the cross, where you would never expect to find God dying for your sins and which turns out to be a stop on his way to the resurrection, which you would never expect from a man, because people don't normally rise from the dead, and which turns out to be a stop on the way to your resurrection, which we would never expect, just because somebody else raises from the dead, you will be raised with him, as you all are raised with him in your baptism. So Jesus still comes and still works that to raise you. And he does this in the same way that we see in the beginning of the story, because Jesus having come through all of this and ascended, has now set his face towards you. Jesus died and rose again to forgive you all of your sins for every time you've tried to justify yourself like Martha, every time you've thought your work was good enough to get by with God, every time you've thought you needed something which, but which turned out to be an idol, every time I've tried to say, I'm working hard, Lord, make that person work harder. 
Jesus has forgiven us all our sins. And our ascended Savior is coming back again, just as he did. And he sent people before him. He sent preachers to say to all the places where he's coming, all throughout the world, to say, I'm coming, and I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back to preach, to bring the resurrection to you. And on his way, he stops in and serves us. In the divine service, which is what we call this, he comes in and serves us. He feeds us with his body and blood, and he feeds us with his word, which endures forever and will never be taken away from you into eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen.